0: Greetings Apaches, this is your official podcast discussion anchor, Lauren Sung, and for this special episode, I'm going to be the host, instead of our main host, Jeffrey Lee, mostly because I've saved his charismatic persona for later. On this episode, Jeffrey Lee, I told you we'd be getting to him, a few others, and I will be recalling our experiences and the events that transpired at the Spring Varsity IE Tournament, otherwise known as the Spring Varsity Speech Tournament. That was at our very own school about two weeks ago. This is Keeping It Arcadia. So, Speech and Debate, the largest academic team on campus at over 140 strong, has churned out wins like a factory. Every year, a good portion of trophy placers in every Southern California tournament are from Arcadia, and there are always about a dozen or so that make it to the state championship. At this point, I think we can tell that our team has a winning track record, but behind the prestigious rankings and glistening trophies, there are months of arduous practicing and rehearsing lines over and over and over, and then the anxiety that comes with these tournaments. To put this into context, let's look at the Spring Varsity IE tournament. And we'll follow the combined story of me, Jeffrey, and three finalists, from the first time practicing to our now hard-earned victories. Now before we continue, don't forget to follow or subscribe to any of our various platforms, so on Spotify, Podbean, and the podcast app on Apple. And turn on your notifications to get our latest episodes on the dot right when they come fresh out of the oven. Or computer, whatever floats your boat. We'd also love if you, if you could give us a five-star rating and leave a good review for our podcast and its episodes on your preferred platform. We join Jeffrey Lee now to kick off this conversation. Hi, Jeff. How you doing?
1: I'm doing fine. How about you?
0: Uh, doing great. So let's get started off with the first the first part of this. We'll start off by introducing the parts of the speech and debate world, specifically speech, and we'll do a we'll do a short. Overview of the tournament structure and how everything works. All right. So as obviously you and I know, speech isn't just one big giant thing, but it's actually made made up of multiple events. For example, the ones that we'll be covering today, OI duo and OA. So I'll start off by covering OIs. Okay. All right. So OI, which also stands for oratorical interpretation, is basically where the competitor they'll take a speech that was made at a public forum by a famous person, for example, a president's inaugural speech, or more commonly, a TED-Ed talk. And what they'll do is they'll cut it it down to a little less than 10 minutes, and they'll recite their own version of that speech. Basically, they put a different twist on it, maybe a more dramatic tone or funny tone on it. And then we have uh, Duo, which is short for Duo Interpretation, so it's basically where two competitors together, they'll res- uh, memorize a speech that's, ob- that's less than 10 minutes, which they obviously cut down. And that speech will come from a script somewhere. And that script will probably be usually be of a either a, a fictional scene or from a famous piece of fiction or something like Oedipus Rex or Finding Nemo. I've seen that too.
1: Right. So along with that specific event, there are a couple of rules. So first one is you cannot look at your partner and you cannot touch your partner either.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's a pretty interesting aspect. So obviously, when you first see it, it's going to look really, really weird because it's like, how are they interacting with each other? But when you look at it in context of the rules, it's truly a beautiful piece of art.
1: Yeah. And, And it leads to some pretty creative stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. And. Why don't you take away uh, OA?
1: Right, so OA stands for original advocacy. And basically you have to write a speech with same like the other events is less than 10 minutes, which talks about a societal problem. And in it, you have to create a legislative plan, usually three, a three-step legislative plan to uh, address and solve those issues.
0: All right, um, so after that little uh, intro to the events that we'll be covering today, let's move on to the structure of the tournament. So the scores go for speech, speech people they go uh something along like this you're inter- usually for the two qualifying rounds the f- two first qualifying rounds in every tournament you'll you'll be in a be in a room with about five other people so therefore there's six people in the room and after everyone m- makes their speeches the judge there'll be one judge in there they will rank you based on um, how good you are so obviously you want your rank to be lower because you know the lower the, the lower the rank the better and yeah, so
1: first is the best. Um, in my most recent tournament, I did original advocacy, and I got fourth and fifth, so that was not good because th- those were near the bottom.
0: That's right. And and uh, that those two scores will, those two rankings will be added up to make a cumulative sum of ranks to form a sort of a cumulative score, which will determine if you advance to the semifinal round, which is obviously after the to qualifying rounds, and there will also be a final round that will be based off of the cumulative score from qualifying rounds and the semi-final rounds. So why don't you take away uh, the award, how the awards work, and the very special part of this, which is the like-to-state.
1: Right, okay, so the awards are given for 1st place to 7th place, and if you get 1st or 2nd place at two of the biggest tournaments of the year, which is called Fall Varsity, and Spring Varsity, if you get a first or a second at one of those tournaments, you get what is called a leg. And then if you do uh, get a first and a second at those two big tournaments, then you don't have to uh, qualify for state competition. You can go right to state competition. However, if you get first or second place at one tournament, and then you don't place uh, well in the other one, or you don't place at all in the other a big tournament, then you lose that leg and you have to go through state qualif- uh go to the state qualifying tournament.
0: Yeah, and that's something really devastating, especially with the tournament that we're talking about, Spring Varsity IE. Uh, we've had several of the speech captains and several seasoned veterans who placed pretty well in, the, uh, in last semester's tournaments. They completely lost their legs this year, as we'll see eventually with one of our. Was one of the finalists that we will be talking with. Um,
1: yeah. So if you hear anyone saying, "Oh no, I lost my leg," you know, don't be too worried.
0: Yeah, they they didn't obviously they didn't lose an actual leg. <laughs> that that'd be pretty that'd be pretty saddening and pretty scary. Uh, one final thing to get your get the listeners' minds and therefore your guys' minds around the the tournament. There are 23 schools that competed it at this tournament. At this recent tournament, there were 607 competitors at this tournament, 75 of which were competing in oratorical interpretation, 22 competing in duo interpretation, and 43 competitors in original advocacy. So let's move on to the next part of this, which is our own personal experiences in this tournament. So we'll start off with just experience and practicing and prepping. So, Jeffrey, what was your experience in that sort of area, just, like, a few weeks before the tournament?
1: Right. So, it was my first time doing original advocacy, and I actually wrote the script during winter break when we had those two weeks off, so I had plenty of time. But then I memorized, I started memorizing two weeks before, uh, sorry, I actually started memorizing a week before competition, which seems like a rush, but I thought I could handle it. So, I practiced two or three times every single day, building up to that tournament. Um, But... Even though I felt I was prepared for the tournament, nothing really prepares you, you know actually performing in front of people, the actual experience. And I ran into that problem in my first round, where I forgot three-fourths of my speech and had to sit down after after uh, three minutes of talking, because I completely forgot. It. My mind went blank. And that was pretty embarrassing. Um, but my second round was much yeah. better. I managed to complete my speech. And even though I didn't place well, uh, I still have a feeling... Of, uh, A tiny spark of confidence that tells me that I can do better next time. I can, I can do well. As for me, um, I'm actually, I was actually a complete
0: novice to oratorical interpretation. Even though I did uh, compete last year when I was a freshman in the speech and debate team for a year, I started off with my um, original oratory, which is similar to original advocacy, but it's more of a sort of a focuses on social issues rather than concrete. Legislative can solve stuff. Um, yeah, I was I was like okay with that. I didn't do too well, and then I just completely dumped speech and I went for debate. And when I realized that debate wasn't, it was like okay. I I didn't do too great, but I wasn't too too bad. A sort of that that like average debater sort of thing. So this year, um, as a sophomore in my second semester, I decided to I decided to sort of how do I put this rekindle my relationship with speech um, and I start off with oratorical interpretation found this I actually found the script my final towards the final days of freshman year and I used that same script to compete this this year this semester because you know just as a side note I didn't actually compete first semester because I wasn't an active member i sort of i had i was busy and i had other things uh, and as for you know just practicing and prepping I've, i you know, cut down the speech you know before that and i spent countless nights you know running through the lines walking out you know mapping out my gestures my movements every single bit because i knew that as a novice entering into a varsity tournament things would be a lot a lot harder for me to start off with And And, how did that end up for you, Lawrence? um, It actually ended up pretty good, as we'll we'll delve into that later. But first, uh, we now go to senior Ivy Chang, a varsity member of the team that competed in OI. So how did you prepare for your event? Describe what it was like.
2: Uh, So I've been working throughout the year on this script. I actually found it throughout the summer, so uh, I learned that I have to memorize it, and then I had to clean it. Uh, I got a lot of help from my friends. They helped me determine what looks best and um, how I can better capture my audience's attention. So I've just been working really hard on it throughout the months, and then it all came down to last. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, what was the hard? What was the hardest part? Was it like memorization? Or-
2: um. Yeah. Actually, for me, I think the hardest part was memorization. I, I'm kind of lucky that I found such a good script because I really felt myself in the script. I thought it was a script that was kind of made for me, and I'm kind of lucky to have found it in my last year, and the only hard part was just memorizing and getting it the words yeah,
0: down. I, yeah, I have felt the same, you know, lucky script, uh-huh. and then, you, you know, everything just flows after, especially after, you know, you cut yeah, the script down. Yeah, you
2: know everything, and then yeah. you're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway, um, why did you choose the speech that you chose?
2: Um, at the beginning, I remember seeing the script a lot, but I never really went into it, I never really looked for it. Uh, I thought it was a little long at first and I didn't really want to have to cut it. But then after reading it a little and I never even watched the video after reading it, I was like, wow, I can really go for it. Because like usually when I find a script, what I usually do is I just look at it and I start reading off like impromptu reading like a cold reading and I see if I like it. And after doing like a short cold reading about like five minutes, I realized I really like the script, and I was like, oh, I should try it and see um, how far I get with it and see how people react to it.
0: Was there anything in the speech that, like, sort of, like, like, touched you on the inside that sort of, like, resonated with you?
2: Definitely. So she basically talks about how, in her research, she discovers so many things. And one thing that she talked about is how if you mention the doubt people have before you ask a question to them before you ask a yes or no, they're more likely to trust you and to say yes. And I feel like even though it's such a small part of the script, I learned so much from it because um, I think in real life, I can apply that and when I talk to people who I'm scared to ask a question about, I always mention the doubt that I have and then um, more often than not, they do say yes.
0: All right, so my first round, um, it did, my first round, actually, it was okay. I went in without any expectations. I just sort of just I blindly went in just you know I did the job I did the job I said my stuff I sat down saw the other competitors compete and you know I went out of the first round okay second round was uh, sort of the same thing I was expecting you know just place low as a novice and then you know head home do my homework sleep hit the bed that kind of stuff and I believe you already mentioned yours before which is like you know I flopped. I yeah. it. As, yeah, that I yeah, I heard that. That was like, that was pretty. I, I I mean, you know, people they have those like you know they get the jitters sometimes, kind of like me right now in this conversation.
1: All right, now because, moving you know, past that. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, um, in retrospect, I didn't prepare well. Uh, You guys should start early, like Lawrence, and then spend a lot of time with your speech because uh, rote memorization or just practicing over and over and over is uh, really effective. True, true.
0: And speaking of that, let's have some further insight into the first three rounds with David Ju, a junior that was a novice duo speech competitor at Spring Varsity IE. So David,
3: uh, what were you expecting when you went into those qualifying rounds? You know, honestly, I was just thinking to just have fun, you know? I joined Speech and Debate just to have fun, try out like different events, maybe try speaking in front of like a big audience. So I just wanted to go in there and have fun, maybe see how far we can go. I didn't really have uh, like a place in mind that I wanted to place. But yeah, we just wanted to have fun. And it was it was it was very fun. Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: And after those qualifying rounds, what was your reaction to your competitors performance?
3: They were so good. They were so so good. I laughed at um, a bunch of them, a bunch of them were really sad too, and um, it was it was very apparent that they had practiced a lot and that they had very good blocking. So it was definitely a good learning experience as well as um, a very fun experience. I know,
0: especially at that like varsity level, absolutely. as it's just like a novice,
3: yeah. it's totally new and absolutely. I've been doing this for a long time, so it really shows.
0: Now moving on to semis, Jeffrey. Um, I think we can just skip to my part.
3: Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Now, obviously, Jeffrey, because of his flop, they, the judges, (laughs) yeah, they, they hit you pretty hard with that one. Yeah, they did. But you know, you, you know, you fought the good fight, and hey, at least you got to go home early.
1: Yeah. The thing is, uh, the thing I do want to say is that if you're on the edge for trying out for speech and debate, I think you should do it because even if you're afraid of public speaking, maybe if you don't like public speaking. The people in uh, in speech, at least, are some of the most positive people I've ever been with. When I came back, they were all, like, super understanding. They they're all very, very uh, supportive and gave me like, a lot of words of encouragement. So when I came back and I was really down for a- absolutely screwing up my speech, and then they rose my spirit so that I recovered nicely for the second round. So if not all else, just apply to Speech Innovate because some of the people there are Absolutely amazing.
0: That's absolutely correct. I I remember I was there with you when the whole thing went down. You know, that was that's a big that's a big set as they colloquially say it a big sad. Um, as you for make me, you sound
1: like it was a tragedy. It wasn't that bad, Lawrence.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Um, as for me, I thought I just you know I was originally just gonna head home, call my mom, head home, because I thought I wouldn't make it into semis. But I did stay. I decided to you know just stay around see if I did make it into semis, and. It just happened that when they put up the paper, the the results, I happened to be in semis. So I I truly did not expect that. I thought it was I thought my performance was mediocre at most because if you actually take a look at my speech, you'll find that just like by just cold reading it, just like reading it right off the bat, it sounds pretty boring. But you know, somehow the judges liked my rendition and they and they put me in semis. I was totally shocked. I had no words to say, but you know, I, I was excited, but you know, I just continued having that, you know, no expectation attitude going in, doing the, doing the stuff that has to be done, watching my competitors who were obviously more, it was like a more serious competition now. But the one thing that's that surprised me was that people weren't, you know, in your face, you know, trying to fight you and trying to like be all aggressive about it. It was, like they were actually like really kind no matter what school they were from they always had a kind attitude they they'd almost talk as if like as if like we were their friends at school you know and yeah. that's sort of the attitude that we had towards each other and i think that's sort of a, a just a general attitude that's fostered around the speech and debate community anyway we go to To describe his experience in the semifinals and a little bit of finals, we have veteran varsity member William Lee, who competed in OA. So William, uh, explain to me how you felt as a veteran with a leg to state championships, breaking to semis and finals.
4: Well, it was very, well, first of all, it was a very exciting experience. Uh, This was my opportunity to auto-qualify to state and not have to go through state quals and go through uh, the entire process and this entire day again. So I was really excited to be able to have this opportunity to leg up but at the same time is also very uh nerve-wracking because i was going in with a sense that i had to get first or second place or the entire tournament was a failure even though objectively it hasn't been and now
0: final round of course now at this point it's just me as jeffrey went home and got a good night's sleep <laughs> and he's Hopefully, as we speak right now, he's hopefully, you know, planning to practice for the state quals, which I definitely think he will do a lot better because I've seen his speech and boy, it is good. He Thank has, you very much. it is good. And I believe it was about um, food waste. Yes, that's correct. And obviously that, that's a big issue that obviously needs to be brought up in developed in a developing world and in, in a developed world society like ours, because we obviously don't, we really don't look into that too much. But anyway, speaking of finals, finals round was delayed for about an hour and a half because judges, you know, they were having an issue up in the sort of the place where they keep they keep uh, you know, there they tabulate the results and stuff. I was sitting I was sitting there, you know, just eating chips and Chanos. Yeah, yes, they did provide Chanos food to us, which is like and if you don't know what Chanos is, it's a Mexican food vendor that always comes to our speech and debate tournaments and they are amazing. Anyway, This, you know, uh, apart from that whole little promo I just did for them right now, I was sitting there, I was cold, I was hungry, and I was nervous because I didn't know if I were to make it to the final round. Because if you make it into finals, you pretty much just guarantee yourself a trophy right then and there. It's at that point, it's just all about who gets first and who gets seventh. Basically, finally, like when they finally put up that piece of paper saying who was in the final round, I was shocked. I was screaming and I was hollering, because I had made it to the final round. It was incredible. As a novice, first time doing this, I made it into the final round, with all the top tier varsity people who've been at this for two to three years. I, a total newbie, made it to finals. Sorry if I'm flexing. I, I didn't. I'm not trying to flex, but you know, I'm if just. You can't tell to...
1: already. It's it's very rare for someone who just had so little experience in their event but did as well as Lawrence but Lawrence is a very special unicorn so that's that I feel like I was a little bit <laughs> a little bit targeted but
0: don't, like it's just as Jeffrey said it's extremely rare that a novice makes it into the final round of a varsity tournament I just I don't know man, the stars truly did align for me during those fi- during that final round I I at that point to be honest, of my final performance was a bit on the, the iffy side could have been better. But once again, I went in there, um, actually more nervous than usual, but I still had that no expectation thing, you know, get seventh place. I ended there. I finally go home at around, I don't know, 9 PM. And I get a crash on the bed and just, you know, just knock myself out, just go to sleep, that stuff. And speaking of, you know, the final experience and the, and, you know, that's sort of like the victory feeling that you get once you hit finals in place. We we bring David again to bring us his own experience, but in the finals, of course. What was going through your head towards those last crucial
3: moments? Those last rounds. Honestly, and... I just tried to block out, like, the different audiences that we had. Like, the last the last performance we did was in a lecture hall. It was quite a bit of people, and I just... Uh, just trusted Riley, and we just uh, just did it our what do you call it? We just did our script, and we practiced it many times. So it was just like uh, performing it in the practice room. So that's we just try to block everything out and just did our thing.
0: All right, and finally, um, what did your victory and subsequent rank mean to you?
3: Um, you
0: know, you being in, getting third place getting third out of place. out of I. I believe it, out of like, I believe it was maybe ah, 22 competitors.
3: Um, honestly, out of the whole, the whole final round, it was only the Arcadia duos. Only the Arcadia duos had um, like a, like a comedy, a comedy duo. It just showed that maybe people like um, diversity, you know, people like to laugh, people like to cry. People like to be like on this emotion, emotion roller coaster, you know? So I think getting third place was, it wasn't like our intention, but it was, it was cool. It was pretty cool because we, it's our uh, novice year. So it's our first year being in Speech and Debate and it just proves that our hard work actually paid off. All right. Thank you so much, David. Of course. And finally, you know, after
0: finals and after the whole tournament, there are obviously things that we need to improve on. Jeffrey, would you like
1: to start? Yeah, I mean, I would just improve my my speech, obviously, so I won't forget it next time. But maybe also my attitude toward messing up and forgetting my speech. I can probably take some inspiration from those incredible people uh, who gave me moral support. And um, next time I see anyone who's distraught over messing up their own speech, I can offer that same kind of uh, support to them. That's exactly right. And as
0: for me, things to improve on, I really think, although, yes, I did end up Placing fist place, there were some things I caught myself doing, especially like right now. If you haven't heard throughout this entire podcast, I've been stuttering a bit as you know as I'm reading these lines and sort of coming, coming as just sort of reciting my experience. I really have to work on just like the flow and the continuity of my speech because even though I haven't memorized, sometimes I do slip up, and I'll end up repeating that same segment. So it sounds like I'm stuttering, even even though it's just me trying to gloss over a mistake. Unfortunately, it's been a habit of mine for a long time. And I hope on improving, I'm just like trying to mitigate that habit before before the state qualifiers. I also want to work on just sort of normalizing my gestures because I sort of like my gestures throughout each performance were a little different and I want to make sure I have a normal routine of gestures and just sort of pacing around so that it looks more natural and instead of like improvised and sort of made up. And speaking of things to improve on, although William's standing, William Lee's standing and skills should have brought him a guaranteed first or second place, it was actually quite the opposite. We have his recollection here. And so, William, how devastating was it to learn that you lost your life to State by getting fourth? uh yeah it was it was rough I, I, I was pretty upset that night and uh
4: but yeah, after could,
3: a while huh?
0: i could see it on your face you were just you were like in the inside you're just like seething with anger i could see uh, it. I was just more disappointed because i i i felt that there were
4: uh moments and aspects about my speech i could have improved and things i should have worked harder on uh during the time i had before the rounds whatnot i just felt that I kind of let myself down in a way, but then I took some time to think about it and realized that uh, making it to finals is an achievement that many people in speech never end up uh, reaching. And so that the fact that I was able to be able uh, that I was able to get onto this stage and be able to go to the finals round in itself is a good enough accomplishment f- in a, like compared to the grand scheme of
0: things. Yeah, that's right. Especially since yeah, there were forty three competitors going in and. Seven placed, and uh, on that note of improving after this tournament, how can you improve upon your speech before state championship qualifiers?
4: Uh, I would say, basically, just keep myself well polished, well versed. Make sure I have enough emotions uh, conveyed through my speech. I think that was one thing that the judges kind of marked me down for was that they felt that I wasn't being as passionate enough. But I believe that. With my speech, it's more of a hit or miss kind of thing. Sometimes the judges like the speech, sometimes they don't. So there's not too much I feel like I would have to improve on, like, with the content of the speech. All I have to do is just keep on practicing it and uh, keep on memorizing it until it's fully polished and ready
0: to go uh, during state quals. All right. Thank you so much. And finally, Jeffrey, if you decide, you know, things to improve on, um, do you have any other things that you'd like to say to the audience? or maybe Things to take away from this tournament.
1: I think that's about it. There's not much more I can say.
0: Yeah, I mean, as for me, I learned one key, valuable lesson, and it's that honestly, if you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it, into what you're doing, and you do it with a sense of passion and gusto, it's truly going to get you places in life. Because as our society gets more competitive, as it gets more educated it's going to get harder to stand out. And as a met- as a message out to all of our listeners, I just want to say this. If you can think of if you can think of it and if you can if you think you can do it and you do it, you're going to get the best results out there. And if there's a will, me,
1: there's a way. <laughs> pretty much. So and after you said that, I kind of had a little bit of time to to think about what uh, my my little lesson is, if you don't mind me interjecting in here for a little bit. All right. I think that having a positive attitude and putting your failures behind you is easier said than done. But if you're able to do that, there you have unlimited potential. After I bombed that first round, I was like, there's no way I'm going out for the second round. There's no point anymore. I already lost the tournament because I most definitely got last. And I'm not going to embarrass myself further by going to the second round. But then those... Uh, those people who helped cheer me up, helped me put that um, those things behind me and then think of the next round as practice to get better. And now I'm looking forward to participating in state competition. So if you're able to put those failures behind you, then you will have opportunities to push yourself even further. And I think that's beautiful.
0: Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for um, participating in this discussion and, no fin- oh, and finally, we go back to Ivy, who leaves us with a few things that she took away from this tournament as well as some tidbits for us all. Final question, is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners about your experience, maybe what they can take out of it, or um, what they can learn?
2: Something that I have to say is for anyone who sees speech and debate in a certain way, it's honestly such an amazing team. I joined in my freshman year without even knowing what it was. I just joined because I was like, you know, that's what all the smart people do. <laughs> I want to be smart. And so I joined teach and debate. And I realized there's just so much it holds, like there's so many different events that you can try. And it's all based off of interpretation. If you love expressing yourself and you love sharing um, your wisdom, as well as sharing um, smiles and sharing and making new relationships, it's one of the best organizations to join. And it's so worth it. And maybe I'll continue in college. I really do want to. Um, I think everyone should give it a chance. Everyone should um, really take the lessons Uh, that they learn from either being in this organization, if they are, or that they see um, from being one of the biggest organizations on campus.
0: All right, thank you so much, Ivy. Of course. (laughs) And that's, yeah, that's the end of the conversation. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. No problem. And so now, hopefully, I hope you leave with a little more knowledge about Arcadia's speech and debate team and how it is truly one of the major and most inspirational academic teams on campus, Check out the team's speech follies from March 20th to the 22nd at the lecture hall from 7 to 9 p.m., where you will get to see the best of the team showcase their performances to the public. On a side note, we would like to thank Arcadia Unified School District Chief Communications Officer Ryan Ferran and Public Information Ops- Officer Amber Nivali for leading and managing the digital communications internship at AUSD, the producer of Keeping It Arcadia. Without them, none of this would be possible. This is Lawrence Sung, and have a lovely day.
1: This is AOSD DCI.